greater than x. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 285 of the Xbox Drive. I'm going to your host, the, the Ryan Turford, the weather bait on the moose. And again, I'm keep trying to balance this intro with the RPG Eve intro, and it's just it's not working anymore. <laughs> I am joined for the first time, I think, ever on the show. If not, we were probably on a review discussion once. Seth, but you, otherwise, the bearded one, Seth Sturgill, joins me on the show. Welcome to the show, Seth. Hi, Ryan. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think I was maybe... I, we, we did something with like me, you and court at one point or another, but this is in any case, the, the first time I've ever been here, just you and I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm very happy to be here, my friend. Yeah. In fact, like, I don't think you and I've ever done a podcast where it's just you and I on the podcast. Just us. Yeah. Cause I've been on Nintendo drive once, you know, to talk about fire emblem with you, Sean and Lockleth, but like. You and I have never done a show together, so this is kind of weird yeah, to think about. It is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's going to be fun, Seth. I promise. I promise. I'm excited. Fun and games on this week's Xbox Drive. It's going to be a lot of fun. So folks at home, if you want to get in on the fun yourselves, you can, of course, support the show in a number of awesome ways. But of course, if you're watching the live stream right now over at YouTube.com slash Carpool Gaming, or if you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to like the video. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. And then ding, ding, ding. Ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we do a live stream like this one or whenever we put up a new video on the channel, uh, just like Carpool Gaming Weekly, which, of course, Seth and uh, Court have been nailing, of course. Huge thank you to them for them. Of course, again, whenever we whenever we put the, promote the YouTube stuff, I always like to promote a cool video that's on the channel. Oh, yeah. Also, if you're listening on the audio feeds, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. And then, of course... Leave us a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then last but not least, if you li- want the show's audio a little bit early or if you want some exclusive content, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Gaming. Throw a little tip and you'll tip jar and out comes content. Uh, well, without further ado, Seth, it is time to grab our A-Tracks, pop a in. It is time for the playlist and we got to talk about the games we're playing this week. So Seth, start us off. You know, I know you're usually in Nintendo land, but did you play anything on Xbox this week? If not, you talk about, you know, PC or other consoles here as well. Yeah. So so it's interesting, Ryan. I, I do normally live in Nintendo land. Um, I I dabble with Xbox stuff whenever something in my purview sort of enters it, whenever there's something that's sort of like kind of coming into my field of view. And I was sick, really sick recently, um, played a bunch of the Diablo four beta. I played it on my PlayStation, but you know, it's coming to Xbox. It still works. And so, yeah, it still works. It counts. Um, and so I, I have this insatiable appetite for Diablo now, Ryan, Mm -hmm. I, I just want more Diablo because there's there's maybe no better game to play when you're laid up and sick and unable to do anything than Diablo. So I ended up putting like over 20 hours into the uh, Diablo 4 beta, which I know you're you're like even more. But um, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And so I was looking for a place to like sort of angle my Diablo love yeah. after that. And I've already played so much Diablo 3. Like there's nothing further for me to do in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wound up picking up Diablo two resurrected and I've been playing a bunch of that Nice. and just it's, things have been really busy covering like the Mario movie and stuff like this. Um, but whenever I have, um, some time for gaming, it has been Diablo two resurrected. I'm, I'm partying like it's 2000, maybe just 2000. I don't remember what year that game came out. Uh, it was, um, uh, 2000, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure it was 2000. Yeah. So you were pretty much right on the dot, Seth. 
Yeah. And uh, it's been really fun. Like I, you know, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. I've just been playing a necromancer, like a summoner necromancer build and um, having a good time with it, man. Like it's, you know, the game in a lot of ways, it's an old game. So like it's got a lot of those old design philosophies. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to like newcomers in 2023. Yeah. But if you're somebody like like you or I, who is very nostalgic for Diablo 2, it's pretty great. Yeah. Kind of dig it. Nice. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where um, that's one of those games that, you know, is is definitely not for newcomers, but it's also I'm glad that they basically preserve the original game as is as as closely as humanly possible while adding, yeah. you know, controller support and some other, you know, quality of life improvements, because I, I like the idea where they didn't try and make it super accessible or do up but change change it in a bunch of big ways like i liked that their approach to diablo 2 resurrected because it, it re- kind of reminds me of what they did with uh starcraft remastered on pc when that mm-hmm. came out as well where they really didn't really they they tuned up some of the graphics they changed up some of the music if you wanted some you know optional new music uh for starcraft but otherwise it was basically the same core experience uh that you knew and loved from back in the day with all of its, you know, old school quirks that kind of came along with it, where you can only select oh. 12 units at once <laughs> and uh, you got to throw them into uh, other groups on your keyboard other, in order to manage all your guys at that point. But. Oh, dude. Yeah, we're look, we're going we're putting our we're putting our town scroll portals into a book to save yeah. inventory space. We're, we're individually identifying all the little items or going back to Deckard Kane so he can be like Diablo and I'm going to identify your <laughs> items. We're doing all that. Just like, look, dude, we're, we're turning the clock back 23 years, man. And it's been a, it's been a good time. I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Nice. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome, Ben. So as for me, Seth, um, I didn't play a lot on Xbox this week because I'm kind of in a bit of an in-between period right now where there isn't like a big game that I'm really wanting to play right now because I looked at because when I did the RPG cave with Garrett this week, uh, where we did kind of the RPG preview for Q2, and I realized mm. there's so many games coming out just this month, let alone next month. I'm like, I'm not I don't want to start anything big right now because I'm kind yeah. of like in that week where I'm waiting for uh, one or two big releases to come out in the next week or two uh, before starting anything big. But I did play a couple things. So first off, um, the trial um, is out for EA PGA Golf Tour. This is the new golf game from EA, oh, to, you know, taking over the Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy kind of mantle here. Uh, the game is actually out today, by the way, the, the day we're actually recording this. Um, but I played it a couple days ago because, uh, again, the 10 hour trial is out as part of Game Pass because um, I want to try out because I, I, I do like golf games especially like i i did like playing the the tiger woods games a lot back in the day um and i haven't been super impressed with 2k's um golf offerings but i'm also you know the very casualist of casual uh golf players like i don't like watching golf at all in on in real life like i like playing golf video games because I think they're fun, even though I'm not personally interested in the sport of golf or watching it. Um, And I actually had a pretty good time with the demo. So, of course, um, it's all themed around the Masters because the EA is trying to make the big deal with this game um, because they have the license to the Masters, which is, of course, the big championship that happens in golf uh, Mm -hmm. every single year. Um, And they have a lot of the PGA players, but they don't have all of them because they have this weird split between, you know, 2K has the license for like half the PGA players and then like EA has the license to the other half. So it's like 
kind of like this weird kind of wrestling split between Raw and you know SmackDown. You kind of you're kind of seeing the same yeah, thing, but with yeah. golfers, which is just weird to see. <laughs> um, but man, just the presentation was really solid. Like I love you know the transitions with like uh, that they do um, between all your shots, and I love the the, the being able to use the 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 right analog stick to to shoot you, all your shots, um, and the way kind of how that. Yeah, uh, all the the shot aiming works. I thought that was really cool. Um, my only downside is I'm terrible at putting in this game. I'm getting better, but you know I'm I'm play out there playing like Happy Gilmore, Seth, where I'm able to get to the <laughs> hole very easily, uh, but getting it in the hole is kind of you know the tough part. So. It's all in the hips. It, it's all in the hips, Ryan. It, clearly, clearly that's that's what's going on here. But honestly, I'm I'm having a pretty good time with it. I don't know if this is a game i pick up this might be a game that i kind of wait for it to come to game pass um because mm-hmm. all of the ea sports games do at some point um we're going to actually talk about another one a little bit later in the show um so stay tuned for that but um i'm interested in playing more of this game but i think this is kind of like a wait for sale at least or, or just wait for game pass i think for me personally if you're not like super into golf you're probably waiting for that of course if you want more golf opinions check out psvg with Donnie, because I'm sure Donnie has lots to say about this game, because he's he's like the person I trust when it comes to golf games or just golf talk, because he's very much ingrained in the golf ecosystem. But Holy moly. I love it. I'm not a big golf guy, but I, I mean, look, I love Mario Golf. I love everybody's golf, but I get the sense that this is probably more like simulation golf versus arcadey golf. It is, but you can actually there's an arcade setting you can turn it on to make it more arcadey if you if you like Ooh. that. Because I'm also in the same boat, Seth. I'm more of the arcadey golf kind of person because I love Mario Golf. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. it was so disappointing when Mario Golf Golf came out on Switch because I was so excited for oh, it, yeah. and then you know that Tell version was it. not great. But uh, which is why, like, I actually kind of that's why I'm actually kind of digging this one, because I do like playing it in arcade mode and just having like a a, a blast with a golf game. So nice. Yeah. All right. So we got that. Um, Otherwise, on PC, I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14. You don't need me to talk more about Final Fantasy 14 on this (laughs) podcast because I've been talking about it a bajillion of bajillion times where I'm 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 at like uh, uh, like 50 to 60 um, thousand hours in this game at this point, Seth. So it's what? Yeah, I, I've, that's I've, a lot of hours. I've played almost. I've played at least over a year of my life in Final Fantasy fourteen at this point. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never. I've never dared to confront my old WoW numbers, but it's probably around there. My WoW numbers are actually a little bit less, but they're about the same. It's also a year <laughs> of my life in World of Warcraft too. So, um, in fact, <laughs> there was I famously on Twitter a couple of years ago, Seth posted a pie chart that I made um, where I actually broke it down by hours played by class and then also gave my actual WoW time. Um, and that was, of course, just from when Wrath of the Lich King came out when I had to change accounts because um, I'd been mm. playing since vanilla beta. So, um, yeah, I, I've I've spent over a year of my life with World of Warcraft, which is kind of crazy. But also to continue <laughs> a bit that's been happening on this show the last couple of weeks where I, of course, you know, I'm in the mood for NES games, Seth, and I don't have another outlet for this. Yeah. So y'all have to hear about it here. Uh, have you ever played Mission Impossible on NES, Seth? Oh, my goodness. I have not. I like that artwork, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like so this is actually this this uh, game is based off the TV show Mission Impossible, because, of course, this famously came out before the movie came out. And it's like a, a top down 
like beat em up style game where you're kind of going. It's like an open world where you're in the city and you have to go into different bars to get information um, or you have to go into the sewers to stop these, you know, uh, thugs from trying to take over the city. It's actually like a really interesting and cool game. Very difficult. But man, I had a blast playing uh, this game um, and I never played it before. It's from Konami. So, you know, the music and the graphics are really good. I mean, it says Ultra on here. But of course, famously, Ultra just means Konami because they needed an extra publishing label to publish more than two games a year. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I thought this game was super cool. And I actually have a video about this coming up. So I'll actually save most of my talk for that because I do have uh, something Ooh. interesting that I'm doing with this in particular. That's actually going to be out next week. So you have to let you stay tuned Ooh. to the channel for that. But um, Mission Impossible on NES. Fun game that I was not expecting to like. So there you go. Three weeks in a row. Monopoly on NES, Duck Hunt. I love it. And then now uh, Mission Impossible. So there you go. There's I your, love it, dude. There's your Ryan's NES update. But let's slam the brakes on this conversation. <laughs> it is time for some breaking news. And uh, we got some we had some interesting stories this week, Seth. And I'm interested to hear your opinion on some of those. First off, we got to start with one that just came to light today, this morning. In fact, we'd heard rumblings about this yesterday from some people on Twitter, but we officially got confirmation from, from Microsoft today about this. Microsoft has blocked the use of emulators in retail mode, uh, emulators are still accessible in dev mode, so you can still access the, them and be able to, to play them on your Series X or S. Um, for, but for those that haven't been keeping up with the story, um, basically what you can do is if you purchase the license to turn your console into a dev mode console, you can load emulators like Dolphin or RetroArch on your Xbox Series S or S through um through dev mode, which is totally something that they, you know, they're okay with because it is still a legal practice as far as mm-hmm. being able to load emulators on your console. Um, there's no, you know, legal precedent against that. Um, but the the what came into play here was that you know Microsoft apparently has been you know receiving some legal action. Um, one of the companies that's been you know highlighted in this whole conversation is Nintendo, kind of pushing back on this, um, and it basically re- um, caused them to remove the ability to use this if, um, in retail mode. Um, but you can still use all these in dev mode, and Microsoft says that's not going to change um, because they there are and they they highlighted that there's also other security concerns they have with some of these emulators in retail mode, which also kind of spurred this change on. But Seth, I got to ask you about this because this is a really interesting thing that kind of came out of nowhere because we you know emulators have been part of you know Xbox One dev support for the longest time where Microsoft really hasn't kind of batted an eye at this until now. So I want to hear from you. What do you think about this new story? Yeah, the, the pushback from Nintendo thing is interesting to me. The um, And Nintendo in general has been cracking down more in recent weeks on emulation and modding. There's a, there's a really popular YouTuber, uh, Point Crow, who has been getting a lot of his modded Breath of the Wild videos demonetized and stuff. Um, Nintendo has been kind of I, like, I don't know where this has sort of come from, this sort of like um, renewed interest in cracking down on on emulators and, and modders and stuff like this. Um, but Nintendo has had sort of a longstanding history of being against this kind of thing. Um, but to the point about like utilizing it for developer purposes, um, developers use it all the time. In fact, even when Nintendo was developing their NSO apps, they developed them using emulation. 
You know, um, people were looking at like the commonly used flash carts and flash ROMs that were being used, like the ones that Nintendo specifically like cracks down against. They yep. were using themselves to develop. Um, so, you know, it, it seems a little bit backwards to me. I think it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't necessarily surprise me. Yeah. It's one of those things where, yeah, you would have expected this would have happened eventually. Um, in fact, yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that when, you know, we got news stories blowing up when the Series X and S came out where this was a thing. I'm surprised this actually didn't happen then. Like, I'm I'm surprised that they waited till now, like almost three years into the console life cycle to then, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. pull the plug on this. And again, this is something that this, this isn't just new to Series X and S. Like, this is going back to, you know... Xbox One, like the when the series the Xbox One S came out, um, this you know people were o- ro- loading Retro Arch onto it with you know no issue in dev mode. Um, so it's mm-hmm. weird to your point, Seth. Like why now of all? Yeah, things. why now? Yeah, and we only know that it is be- that, that Nintendo is part of this because um, in a statement from an Xbox support representative to Modern Modern Gamer on Twitter about this, um, they specifically cited that you know legal challenges with Nintendo was one of the reasons why this was spurred on. So um, there is some confirmation on on our end. We're still waiting to hear more because, you know, Nintendo hasn't issued a statement um, or anything like that um, as far as more official details on this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting, especially because like X, the Series S or S was like one of the best places where you could emulate, you know, GameCube games or Wii games or, you know, other consoles. So it's just weird that that's no longer going to be an option, um, at least in in you know retail mode but obviously again in dev mode you can kind of do whatever you want in there anyways so um i mean if you still want to continue to do this because i actually have this installed on my series s myself seth so um Mm. but i that's that console i just you know usually just leave in dev mode the entire time anyways i usually don't because you can switch back and forth between retail mode and dev mode and i kind of just leave it in dev mode constantly um Mm -hmm. so i think that's just what i'm going to do continue to do at this point but there you go so Moving on, we got a brand new Xbox controller. Now, I know what you all are thinking. We usually don't <laughs> usually talk about new Xbox controllers when they get announced because there's a new one announced like every two weeks. But yeah. this one's really interesting because we actually have the Remix Special Edition tr- controller, which may appear to be the same as every other Series X controller on the surface, but it's made of 100% recycled parts from CDs to water jugs to old controller parts, they were saying in the article. Um, also, to keep the package eco-friendly, the controller comes with a play-and-charge kit, so you don't need AA batteries to use your controller. The Remix Special Edition controller will release on April 18th, for eight uh, for eighty four ninety nine US and again if that price seems high it's because it includes the play and charge kit which is usually a twenty dollar right. add on so it actually you're getting a little bit of a cheaper price with, with like the the controller and play and charge bundle um, but again I thought this was super cool you know just in time for Earth Day coming up you know uh, in a couple weeks um, releasing eco friendly controller is like a really smart and interesting move and the controller itself like I like the design of it I like the colors me like too it's, it's got you know yeah. a couple layers of green um, and some interesting buttons and and what do you think about this because I think this is pretty cool. I'm right there with you. I I think it's super cool. I do love the look of it. Like, I like that kind of like earth tone, like that green and brown kind of look to it. I like the the like ridges and swirls on it. Like, I'm interested to see how it like feels in the hand. I think I'm probably going to pick one of these up, man. Like, I I, like I've been looking for a new kind of um, Xbox controller. I've been using my Forza one and it's nice, 
But um, but I definitely have been looking for something a little more, uh, a, a little less loud, I should say, Ryan, mm-hmm. a little less uh, pink and yellow. And so so I think this might might fit the bill. And I, I really I, I really like what they're doing here. This is a neat idea. Eco friendly. I feel like everybody should do this. Yeah. Like just make it a standard practice. I'm actually kind of surprised this is something we don't see more people doing or more people trying. Like, mm-hmm. um, And it's one of those things, too, where for me. I'm only not, you know, in line to pick this one up because I do have a a deluge of controllers at this point. Like I can't really I don't have more space for more controllers at this point, Seth. Um, So it's just one of those things where I'm the type of person that would normally pick this one up. Um, And I might still actually thinking about it. I might like pick one up eventually to kind of support the idea of doing something like this. But I do think, you know, this is a a, a really good initiative and I I would love to see more of this type of thing. And of course we've always seen kind of Microsoft be at the forefront with, you know, trying new things with controllers. So uh, I love it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But imagine if we got joy cons that were, you know, eco-friendly like this Seth. what would they even look like? You look, you could you could literally make Joy-Con out of recycled garbage, and it would be better than the Joy-Con we have. You're so. not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. Yeah, you could put in some six like uh, recycled sticks that would have drift on them, Seth. So maybe, know. yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe they sell it as like the pre-drift version, so you know you're going to get drift eventually. You may as well yeah. just you know buy the controllers with drift you know, right out of the box. Pre-drifted, pre-tested for drift. Yes, confirmed. Exactly. I would rather know. I'd rather know. <laughs> exactly. All right, moving on. And this this one I know led to a lot of disappointment online, but I'm going to we're going to read it anyway. So we had heard rumors that a custom Diablo 4 console bundle was coming similar to the Halo anniversary bundle that was going to have like a, a Diablo console that was all, you mm-hmm. know, kitted up to look like Diablo 4. But we got the announcement of the bundle. And in fact, it's just a normal Xbox Series X bundle with Diablo 4 coming on June 6th with the game. And of course, include a Series X console and a copy of Diablo 4's just base version um, for $559.99 US dollars, which is, again, it's a little bit of a discount by like 10 bucks, but you're not really saving, you know, too much money on this particular package, which again, like I'm actually kind of surprised people kind of ran with this and thought that this was going to be a Diablo custom console in a way. Um, Cause I wasn't expecting that. Like I'm actually kind of surprised they even did the halo one when they did, right. you know, the limited edition halo console. Um, but I think, you know, if you want a series X and you don't have one already and you're interested in getting Diablo four, like I think, you know, this is a pretty good deal if you, you know, don't have a console already. Um, but I mean, I don't have really too much to say about this other than, you know, so, like, yeah, just keep your expectations in check, I guess. That's yeah, I think that's a good call. I'm a little surprised, you know, to, to that we're just talking about controllers and how often they put out controllers. Where's the Diablo Four custom controller? Yeah, you know, that's like true. that. That to me would make more sense. I'm I'm not necessarily shocked that they didn't do some, you know, Diablo Four Xbox with like Lilith's horns attached to yeah. it or something like that. But but you know, a, a controller would have been kind of cool. Yeah, you know, yeah, that actually kind of surprised me that they don't. Maybe that maybe that they are saving that for later. Set. Maybe, maybe that maybe still have time. Yeah, there's still time for a Diablo controller because they, they tend to announce those closer to when the game comes out anyway. So you, you never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, just like, you know, there was the leak in quotations of that Starfield controller this week as well, which was just, you know, some guy just made a Starfield controller, but just you know, a mock posing it as, as a leak, of course, which was just funny to think about as well. But where's That's our Starfield though. controller? We need a Starfield controller too, Seth. 
I really liked it too. I, I liked that mock-up quite a lot. I was like, that's a sleek looking controller. Yeah. Uh, Although now that you said, you know, said that I kind of want an Xbox with little horns just sticking out of the neck. But I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why we don't have that yet, Seth. I mean, kind Blood of petals on it, you know? Why yeah. Not? <laughs> Good God. Or maybe, actually, I kind of missed, you know, you probably remember this from the 360 days. I, I missed the custom can, consoles that made noises when you yeah. press the buttons on them, like the, the, the R2-D2 R2. Xbox, mm-hmm. or I, I actually used to have the, the Call of Duty 3 Xbox 360 Seth and it made like you know the 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 night vision goggle noise when you actually opened yeah. the and stuff like that. Wasn't am I am I crazy? Wasn't there a Halo one that made like a plasma grenade? There is a Halo noise? Reach console that did that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, That's I had right. that console for a while too. <laughs> as well because i actually had multiple xbox 360s um because you know i told this story on the show before but i actually went through 11 xbox 360s back in the day because of either red ring issues or just disk drive issues but and they kept they kept sending me different consoles so um eventually got to the point where they said started sending me special edition consoles instead of just the maybe one consoles. of these will work <laughs> yeah exactly oh man all right, let's get to the Game Pass games for the month, Seth, because, of course, it is that time of the month where you talk about game, the new games on Game Pass. Starting today, we got Loop Hero, which is, of course, uh, I think brand new to Xbox, actually. It's been on other consoles before, but now it's on Xbox and it's on Game Pass out today. We've also got Iron Brigade out today. That's a game about tanks. Um, and then on April 12th, Ghostwire Tokyo officially makes its way to Xbox from PlayStation. Um, so it is, of course, a day and date release on Xbox on Game Pass. On April 13th, we are getting NHL 23. And then on April 18th, Minecraft Legends comes to the service and it is also a day and date release. So lots of, you know, some interesting stuff this month. I don't know if it's, you know, the best month for Game Pass because we got like, it's a smaller batch of games, but I think like you've probably got some pretty good games. In this list, set, yeah. I think. I look, don't I want to tell everybody, don't sleep on Iron Brigade. Good game. That's a double fine game. Oh. Um, that is a like mech tower defense kind of game by Double Fine. And it's quite good. I like okay. it a lot. And I, I I don't know how I don't know if the servers are still up or whatever. I'm assuming they are since they're ringing into Game Pass, but you can do like online co-op with it too. Okay. And um, yeah, it's good. I liked it. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, I've just never played that game, so I might have to check that out at some point this week. Oh, yes. But the following games are leaving Game Pass on April 15th. And there is one notable exception that I'll actually get to after I'm done this list here. So Life is Strange, True Colors, Moon Glow Bay, Panzer Corp 2, Rainbow Six Extraction, The Dungeon of Nailbeck, the Long Dark and the Rift Breaker are all leaving Game Pass on April 15th. So if you want to pick them up now while they're still on sale or play them before, you know, April 15th, now is your last chance. And I mean, you know, to your point, Seth, like don't sleep, sleep on Life is Strange True Colors either. I know that yes. it's a bigger game, but it's also a, a game that I know not enough people played when it came out. Uh, that game's a, a, like really, really, really solid. Great game. Um, so I hope people actually check it out beforehand. Um, other than that, did you have any uh, games from this list that you want to point out, Seth? Yeah. Yeah, Moonclow Bay is the current Backtrackers game. Oh. Um, Backtrackers, for those who don't know, is the uh, the little uh, video game book club that happens in the Carpool Gaming community. Um, links for the for the Discord, always available, free, friendly, welcoming Discord community for Carpool Gaming. And the Backtrackers, we meet up once a month. We basically all pick a game to play together. And, uh, and Moonglow Bay is the current game. So if you've got Game Pass, you can grab that 
you know, play it. And then we're doing a meetup on the 22nd at 11 a.m. Eastern to chat about it. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. But yeah, otherwise, uh, again, make sure to grab these games now while they're still on sale. If you want to check them out or again, check them out before April 15th. But there is a game I left off that list that, of course, Xbox fans are probably waiting for us to talk about. And of course, it's uh. you know in our thumbnail. We got to talk about this because Microsoft has removed Quantum Break, not just from Game Pass, because they originally just announced it was leaving Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But it's also been taken off the store for sale um, and Remedy has indicated on Twitter that this game was taken down temporarily for licensing reasons, but it will re- actually return to this, both the store and Game Pass sometime in the near future because Microsoft did make that big statement a long time ago, basically when Game Pass was you know first created, that when they were going to start bringing their first party games to Game Pass, that they would never leave Game Pass. So you would just have them kind of in your library forever, ever, unless, of course, you know, there was a licensing deal, like the Forza games being delisted. Like those were the only reasons for Microsoft games to be removed from Game Pass. So this is the first time where we've seen like a non-Forza game from first party being removed from Game Pass. Um, so people were really worried about it. But it sounds like licensing with the TV show is basically the main point of contention. Because for folks that haven't played Quantum Break, it's a game from Remedy. Like it's a third person shooter that you play. We're in between the different chapters of the game. Um, it plays clips from this TV show that they filmed. Um, and there's actually full episodes that it'll play. Um, it was like a really interesting concept at the time. Because yeah. it was trying to blur the lines between TV and video games. Um, it's a game that I actually really recommend people play because it's a really Me good too. game. Um, but yeah, so I think just either licensing with some of the actors or um, some of the other aspects of the TV show, I'm guessing, or what what is at play here? But they haven't come out and said it either way. Um, there's just some kind of licensing that's happening here. So Seth, what do you think about this Quantum Break being removed from the store? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I completely agree with you. Quantum Break, super underrated game. That that game is actually really good. I mean, most Remedy games are. If you're if you're a fan of Alan Wake, Control, um, then then you're you know you kind of know what you're getting into with Quantum Break. It's kind of in that you know weird quasi sci-fi supernatural third person shooter where the character has got some sort of supernatural powers. Um, it's, I really liked that game and, and yeah, to your point, it was interesting the way that they wove in like the TV show with the, the sort of like game and blurred those lines. Cause they had flirted with that in previous games. And even going back to like Max Payne, there's usually some kind of TV show in the game, radio channel or something in the game. Alan Wake had that. Um, but this was like, no, we're going to actually just straight up record and, and film a television show. Um, and I thought that was really cool and effective. And they also are no strangers to using like licensed music. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but hopefully it comes back sooner rather than later. That's a great game. More people should play that. Yeah. And I will point out, you know, they say temporarily and it it might, you know, take a while to come back too. Cause look what happened with the metal gear solid games, uh, from Mm. Konami that were backwards compatible where they said, you know, Oh, we're just removing them temporarily for, you know, music licenses, but they'll be back. Uh, that was a year and a half ago and they're still not back yet. So oh my gosh. you never know how long this stuff is going to take. I hope it's, you know, back sooner than later. Cause again, this is one of those games that, you know, people should play. Like, I, I really think people should check this one out. Like it's a game that a lot of people really slept on when it came out. And I think it's a, I think it's a really good game. It's like probably one of my favorite games from Remedy. Um, so I am hoping it comes back at some point. And that TV show, you know, really, really, really solid as well. So yeah, yeah, it was solid. 
Yeah, Sean Ashmore of uh, Animorphs fame, Ryan, yes. uh, in that show. Exactly. So. <laughs> Good God. Of course, you know, I bring Seth on and of course the Animorph <laughs> references start. That's how those work. They're, you know, you, you got to get it in somewhere, man. Got to talk about <laughs> Animorphs. Any chance I can to bring up Animorphs, Ryan, I will take. Yeah. So, And of course, you know, shout out to Lance Rhetoric as well. Also in that show. Yes. Oh, my well. gosh. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, man. He was so good in, in Quantum Break as well. So. He's really good in it. Yeah. Good God. All right. And then last but not least, you know, we got to close that the, the show. Is it news stories out on a sad note? Read Pop have announced that E3 2023 has officially been canceled. After this announcement, Microsoft took to Twitter to reconfirm that the Xbox presentation is still on schedule for June 11th at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. Um, again, we, even though this news story actually feels kind of old, believe it or not, this, they didn't announce this um, until after last week's show. Um, so I wanted to at least, you know, briefly, briefly talk about it here because, of course, you know, Sean and I have been, you know, big advocates for E3 coming back because, you know, we, we, we miss E3. Um, I've still never gotten a chance to go. Um, like I, I kind of missed my window, you know, in E3 2019. I was like, oh, yeah, there'll be next year, I'm sure. Uh, like, I'll go to E3 2020, 2020, you know, at that point. And, of course, it's kind of been canceled ever since. So I was looking at this year being kind of the year to to finally go to E3. Um, and I kind of had all my ducks in the row to go, but unfortunately the show got canceled, which kind of makes me sad now, officially. <sighs> you know, I was pretty excited to go to E3 this year, but uh, alas, E3 is not happening anymore. Uh, and it, But again, it still sounds like we're still going to get, you know, all the news around that time from everyone, except for Nintendo. They kind of still are doing their own thing. Who knows when that direct will happen, I guess. But at least Xbox, we know... It's going to be happening, doing an, uh, an event that week. Um, I imagine we probably have some some get togethers happening still. Um, maybe Court, uh, Sean, Matt and I maybe do something uh, for the Xbox showcase this year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a little sad that E3 is gone. I agree. Yeah, I, you know, I have a lot of fondness and nostalgia for old E3, and I was hopeful, you know, there are a lot of people who are kind of just like already ringing the the death bells for, for E3 before it was time, and, you know, I was hopeful they were going to turn it out, but... Um, unfortunately, you know, and, and there's probably all kinds of side conversations about what place E3 has in a modern age where people can just throw their own presentations and blah, blah, blah. But um, but I am, you know, to, to your point, like I I did want to attend at some point in my life. <laughs> and it's kind of sad that now that chance is probably gone, you know, and, um, you know, I. I wish everybody all the best. I, it also kind of sucks like people who have been dedicating a lot of their time and resources to preparing this event. Now all of that work has been shuttered, you know, so um, that's always unfortunate too. It's a, it's a sad story. And, yeah. you know, Jeff Keeley wasted no time uh, yep. dancing on like, the grave. <laughs> summer, summer Game Fest is not canceled with like the, the press memo that went out, you know, when, yeah. when this news happened, of course. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like Summer Game Fest is where we're going to get, you know, all our, our gaming news at this point, unfortunately. Um, which And I say unfortunately because, again, nothing against Jeff Keighley. I just don't personally love the spread out schedule that we kind of get with um, Summer Game Fest where the, the news is kind of all over the place and we don't have like a specific uh, week to work with. So there we yeah. go. Yeah. I don't want a whole month of just like 
spread out sporadic. I had to laugh a little keep... bit because you said month. <laughs> because last time, <laughs> yeah. last summer game fest, it was like three months and oh it was gosh. kind of all over the place. So yeah, it's very silly. So yeah, we're, I'm curious to know how that's going to work. Although maybe this spurs Jeff on to maybe do like a E3 style event or may, maybe plan things more like E3 where things don't happen all over the summer like maybe condense it to a month at some give point. me give me just a week of just everybody has agreed upon this week where we're just it needs to be like uh like like co-parents or something like that like just we're agreeing upon this time to link up and we're you know this is when it's happening and i just i don't want to be like having to go through all these different events just give me a week where all the news is and just deliver it there yeah. We can agree on this. We can be civil about this. Yeah. Then we can actually take time <laughs> off and cover this stuff. Because, right. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Good God. Well, anyways, let's set some of our friends into the car with us. It is time for the carpool. So we're going to actually start with Half Thumb Gamer, who actually um, brings up a topic suggestion, but not, not so much a question. Um, he brings up the, this video from Modern Vintage Gamer as well. So that's two MVG references in the same same episode, oh, which doesn't happen very often. Go check out Modern Vintage Gamer. He is an awesome YouTube channel. Um, and one of the videos that he actually put up recently was um, you can actually – store and play games on an external hard drive that are xbox series s and s games now the reason why this is actually a news story or or something that's interesting is because you're not supposed to be able to do this you're able to store the games on like an external like hard drive like a mechanical hard drive um Mm -hmm. but you're not supposed to be able to play the games off of it because it's supposed to then prompt you to just da- like copy the game or download the game to your console storage or to one of those expensive memory cards that, you know, is from right. Seagate or Western Digital. Um, we're waiting for the announcement, by the way, like of those Western Digital cards, which is why we haven't talked about that on the show yet. Um, but it's interesting because there are certain games apparently um, like Sea of Thieves or Ark um, that are really big games that, you know, take up a lot of space on your hard drive um, that will actually play off like an external hard drive, but still be the Series X or S versions. Um, so I think this is actually interesting. I'm curious to know what like the the list is, because, again, this isn't really like an official thing. It's kind of, hey, we tried this and it works kind of thing. <laughs> right. It happened to work. That's so interesting. And it, it's I wonder like what the workaround like what's the technical reason for for why some games work and others don't. Yeah. Is it a file size related thing? That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I wonder if it's somehow coded into the game itself. I don't really know. Again, if you want more information about it, I'm going to leave the, this YouTube link in the show notes or the description of this video. Um, so you can go check it out for yourself, because I think, you know, it's pretty interesting and cool um, that you got something available like this, uh, especially again, if you've got a Series S like you definitely it, it only like this is definitely, you know, probably something you want to look into a little bit more. Since yeah. your Series S only has, you know, 300 gigs of space on it. So you might want to. That's make like it. two games. It is kind of like <laughs> two games. You're not wrong. But next up, we got Darstridius who says, tell me where Silk Psalm is and as well as all these other games that were featured in the next 12 months window that Microsoft gave us. Who can we still trust at this point? They say, because, <laughs> yeah, Silk Song was one of those games where they said it'll be out in the first half of the year. It's not out set. Where's where's Silk Song? Where is it? Ryan, I'm keeping the faith. I'm keeping the faith. I'm keeping the dream alive for Silk Song. I, I, you know, look, things happen. 
Um, and things get delayed. I get it, especially right now, like the way development is for, for everybody in the modern age, it's difficult. And I do think that if team cherry isn't ready to go, if they don't feel like they're ready to go yet, they're not going to release it yet, but I'm keeping the faith, Ryan. I think it's still happening. I think we're going to get it, uh, in time. I think it'll be sometime this summer and it might even be part they they might secure it to come back for their showcase, maybe a shadow drop. That would be massive. Yeah, I mean, um, this is the type so, of game where they don't have like a physical release day one, so they could just right. shadow drop it. It could just be the next Hi-Fi Rush where they just shadow drop it during the E3 presentation, whether it's at Microsoft or Nintendo's presentation. Yeah. Um, like they could do they could do just about anything with Hollow Knight Silk Song at this they point. They can do whatever they want. But yeah. it better come out this year because I've got it in two fantasy leagues. So. Oh my god! At least it's at least you you weren't counterpicked on it like like we did with the trophy room last year, where we were like, you guys are stuck with this at this point. Yeah. Well, that was on them. Yeah, they shouldn't have bet on it. But but I think I feel confident it is this year. If it doesn't make the, I think it's going to make the summertime. I think they're going to do it. But even if it doesn't, it must be this year. We we have to keep the faith alive, Ryan. We got to believe in something. Yeah. We're living on a prayer here. <laughs> I actually think there's a 50-50 chance it doesn't even come out this year. So, oh my gosh, don't tell me that, Ryan. I, okay, then I have to ask you this, Seth, because I've been hearing a lot of chatter about this. We're also, there's like a big Keeping the Faith movement that seems to think Metroid Prime 4 is coming out this year. So no shot. What, what, okay, so that answers my question. Because no I say, what, what's more likely to come out this year? <laughs> Hollow Knight, Silk Song, or Metroid Prime 4 at this point? There's not a chance Metroid Prime. I'm sorry. I like I love you all, and nothing would make me happier, but there's no shot Metroid Prime 4 comes out this year. But imagine sorry. if it did, Seth. Imagine if Metroid Prime 4 came out this year. That would be incredible. That would make me very happy, but there's no shot. Yeah. <laughs> Good guy. All right. Last question of the week comes to us from Bowza, who asked the question, if you were Phil Spencer, what would you put on your shelf to get the internet hyped up? So I would actually take a whole bunch of Amiibo from Super Smash Brothers and put them on my shelf. And then, and then, uh, just so, so that people get our wild with speculation. Oh my God, does, is Smash coming to Xbox or is Xbox <laughs> yeah. creating its own Smash Brothers? Like, what's happening here? Um, and just to, to drive people, drive people crazy. Or, you know, I, I would put a statue of Aya Brea from Parasite Eve on my shelf as well oh, to yeah. make all those Square Enix people who, like me, who love uh, Parasite Eve just go crazy and froth at the mouth. Seth, Dude. Seth. If I were Phil Spencer, I would do that all the time. I would just put like random stuff on my shelf just to see if people Phil Spencer, by the way, noted Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem fan. Mm -hmm. So like I I would love to just if he just put a copy of that on the shelf behind him and make the Internet freak out. Um, Ryan, there are a few original Xbox properties that would make me freak out if Phil Spencer acknowledged them in really any way. And I, I watched an interview with him related to Hi-Fi Rush recently, where we talked about Jet Set Radio Future, which is one of my favorite games of all time. And if he like had any sort of allusion to Jet Set Radio Future being available on modern hardware, I would lose my mind. Um, and I also, as a quick aside, um, for when it comes to Phil Spencer, when it comes to Xbox love and making me freak out, um, there's a game that is on original Xbox, another of my favorites of all time. And I wanted to show physical of my own Ryan phantom dust. Oh, um, for the original Xbox. I have this piece of artwork, uh, which is from the original release of phantom dust. 
um, that is a, a phenomenal game that you actually can. It's the exact opposite of JSRF. You can play Phantom Dust on your Xbox for free, Ryan. Not even yeah. Game Pass. It's on Xbox and PC for free in 4K with multiplayer enabled. And it is a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Thank you all for coming to my TED Talk. Very good. Very good. Yeah, actually, I'm actually <laughs> glad you brought up some original Xbox IP because, I mean, God, if, if you know, if Phil Spencer just put up a copy of Brute Force behind him. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. That, that's Gun all Valkyrie would be. or something. Yeah. Or, uh, <sighs> or uh, Fusion Frenzy. You know, leading yes. to maybe a Fusion Frenzy 3 at some point. Oh, that'd be so good. Why is that not a thing? Why don't, don't they know. just – some of that stuff, you should just bring it back. And like, like yeah, a Fusion Frenzy 3 I think would make perfect sense because Xbox has got – you know, all the little frustrations that people have with modern Mario Party, like why aren't you supporting this after you release it? I feel like Xbox could – and, and inexpensively make a Fusion Frenzy 3 and just support it and add new games and characters to it. Oh, yeah. that'd be so good. I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't done anything with Fusion Frenzy uh, in a while. That It must indicate to me how how bad maybe Fusion Frenzy 2 did on 360 yeah. that might, you know, scare them away <laughs> yeah. from it because, you know, but I think like it's a, it's, it's an idea that, you know, makes a lot of sense nowadays. Like I'm actually kind of surprised they've never gone back to the well on something like that or even like, Maybe making making like a new mech assault game or something like that. Like that would be really yeah. interesting too. Like I'm actually kind of surprised they've never gone back to that well as well. God, we could probably talk about original Xbox like all day. So oh, that's, that's my bread and butter, dude. Uh, oh, OG yeah, Xbox. So, so, so good. It's such a good console. And there are so many games too, to your point about Jet Set Radio Future that, that are kind of stuck on that console. I'm glad at least we got most of the heavy hitters. Um, backwards mm-hmm. compatible, you know, you've got your Panzer Dragoon Ordas, you've got Ninja Gaiden Black, you know, you've got um, KOTOR, like a lot of the big games um, you've got there. But, you know, Jet Set Radio Future continues to elude us. Maybe maybe because they don't know what to do if you put the combo pack version in that comes with, you know, Sega <laughs> Rally Sega GT. GT. Yeah, yeah. In there as well. Like maybe that'll break your system or something like that. Um, so maybe that's why they don't do it. Cause, cause it like, it boots to like a strange, like a uh, facsimile of the, the bios for, uh, for, for Xbox where it has like, I think also some trailers for like Xbox launch titles on yeah. it as well. Well, they did it, that it with a bunch bizarre. of games, like how you could play the fusion <laughs> frenzy demo on halo combat evolved and stuff yeah. like that too. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of Xbox. In fact, actually I think some of the backwards compatible games still have those. Um, I'm trying to remember, I, but I remember playing one backwards compatible game fairly recently that I'm blanking on the name of um, that had all that, like you, you could go into the trailers menu and they were all there still. I love that. That original Xbox like design layout that, that original like dashboard. I love it so much. Yeah. And of course you can run it run it in 1080i and it still looks really good today. If you have the proper cables. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. People don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Well, anyway, Seth, I think that's going to do it. For this week's show, this has been a lot of fun. First of all, thank you so much for for hopping in the car with us this week. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, for folks that don't know who you are or, or you know, where could people find you on the Internet, my friend? 
Yeah, if you if you don't listen to the Nintendo Drive right here on Carpool Gaming, I am one of the hosts of that show alongside uh, Lockleth and the one and only Sean Capri. Talk about Nintendo every single week. This week we had Cheesy from Nintendo Powercast join Lockleth and I for a spoiler-free discussion on the Super Mario Brothers movie, so definitely uh, check that out. And then uh, you can also find me on Twitter at uh, $2 Hero, Ryan. Very, very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter. At Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming, at YouTube at YouTube.com slash Carpool Gaming, and on podcast services around the globe. So for Seth Sturgill, I am Ryan Turford. This has been episode 285 of the Xbox Drive. Only 15 more episodes until episode 300. And we're out. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. The Xbox Drive is fueled by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. And we want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. Please subscribe to Robbie Bobby Miller's Twitch channel over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller today. Trucker Sloth, Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast. Please subscribe to them over at youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels. Jonathan Brown, the new album from PME is called Video Game Boy. It's available now on Spotify and Apple Music. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Links are in the show notes. Please make sure to support these ultimate producers. Our platinum producers, Marcus McCracken and RJ Kern. And our gold members, Anna, Bowza, Cecily Carroza, Dallas Robbins, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support, and if you're interested in joining on up, head on over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and choose the tier that's right for you.